Welcome to Alive and Active Life, broadcasting encouragement to live your daily life with God's help and inspiration to reach for more of God by faith. Join Brenda Wolf for today's practical insights. Generations is not only the title of a Star Trek movie, it's also an important dynamic for families and individuals. Whether or not you are a Star Trek fan, you must agree there's something important about generations. For family, country, businesses, royal lines, and franchises. Generations can be blood relatives or simply the next legitimate persons. Today's content focuses on four successful generations of a royal family, with one exception. It's fascinating. First, I suggest take a look at Tear Into It. That episode explains how and why we introduce scripture dissection exercises every few weeks in our article rotation. To tear into four successful generations, we'll focus on 2 Kings 15, verses 1 through 38. For this content's purposes, here is a bullet backstory in my words. But even before the backstory, we're going to talk about a previous backstory. King after king, especially in Israel, are murderers, conspirators, and idolaters that form a chain of bad kings. They create a legacy of constant chaos. Next point. In Judah, however, there is a lineage of stable, faithful kings, starting with Joash. He is successful king number one in this string of four successful generations. Next point. A previous passage records Joash became king at seven years old and kept God's nation on the right path. At his coronation, the priest Jehoiada makes a covenant between three parties, God, king, and people. Next point. Joash engages Jehoiada as his mentor. Consequently, he makes himself accountable to excellent leadership. Well, the next point, Amaziah, son of Joash, is successful king number two. He pleases the Lord as well. Now let's get into the backstory for today's passage. First point, Azariah is successful king number three. He begins to reign at 16 years old. He is son of Amaziah, who was successful king number two. And he is also called Uzziah. He rules 52 years and seemingly is the same king Isaiah mentions in Isaiah 6, verse 1. Here's that verse. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Next point. Azariah's son is successful king Number four, Jotham. He does what is right in God's eyes, like his father. Yes, these four successful generations govern God's people well. The scripture says of each of them, they did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. This is a rare legacy, 
an honorable picture of good leadership. However, none of these four kings tore down the high places. Scripture points this out with each mention of the four kings. Apparently, this is important. Well, there's a bit more backstory. Jotham's son is Ahaz, and he is a bad king, the unfortunate exception in this line of successful kings. What happened in this guy's life that he turned away from four successful generations? Next point. Well, it flips again. Ahaz's son is Hezekiah. Skipping his bad dad king, Hezekiah is successful king number five. And I ask the same question. What happened in this guy's life that he turned back to four successful generations to add generation five? Next point. Hezekiah is 25 years old when he starts reigning and rules for 29 years. And the last point is a by the way. Hezekiah does something super special, but we will explore that in the next Scripture Dissection episode. Look for it, the fifth king in three weeks. Okay, now let's dissect four successful generations. Every Scripture Dissection episode that we do, we engage four focuses. First, what does it say? Second, what does it mean? Third, make it personal. And fourth, make a commitment. So let's start with what does it say? These passages make a clear point. There were good kings and bad kings. Apparently, each king's decision, plus their state of heart, determined whether they were good or bad. Once in a while, there's a chain of generational leaders that follow God, men or women, with honorable character. In that case, citizens have good leadership for many years. In other words, regular folks like you and me have healthy, helpful options to live in family, community, and nation. This passage also suggests if leadership is not focused, disciplined, and resolved, important things get missed. Unfortunately, that can bring severe consequences. Tearing down high places is one of them. So let's talk about high places. During the years of God's temple in Jerusalem, God instructed worship by two methods. The first is in one's heart during daily life. And the second one is at the designated temple in Jerusalem. To worship at a high place rather than in one's heart or at the temple in Jerusalem was considered pagan. And here's why. Cultures outside Israel built elevated or high places of worship for their idols. Israel is never instructed to build high places to Jehovah. His high place is in a person's heart first, and his temple or his church. Sadly, Israel adopts pagan high places from other idol-worshiping nations. This passage shows, first, affections of the heart in leaders, plus, second, active or inactive 
obedience to God influences generations. All right, let's go on to what does it mean? Your choices plus the state of your heart directly influence your spiritual condition and influences the spiritual condition of others around you, whether it's family, friends, business partners, or community relationships. Your choices and state of heart show if you are a good king or a bad king. Keep in mind, when Jesus lived on earth, conditions of worship change at the cross. Jesus, the once-for-all sacrifice, funnels future flow of worship through His cross into individuals. Worship is established primarily from the heart. It also includes corporate worship with other Jesus followers. Additionally, being good is no longer good works. It's being forgiven, cleansed of sin by the blood of Jesus. Being good now centers around God's mercy, which is His part, while repenting of sin to love God first, most, and best is your part. Now, proof of good is a life of gratitude that lines up with Scripture from your heart. To tear down a high place opens doors to full freedom and power to live well. Do you have any high places in your heart? So are you a good king or a bad king? Okay, that's a little exploration in what does it mean. Now let's go to the third thing we always talk about, and that's make it personal. To make this content personal, here's where we need to start. Let's talk about root and proof. There is always a root under a high place that's not been torn down. Roots are critical to spiritual health. You need discernment over which roots to tear down under the high places in your life. This helps you agree with God by your choices as a proof that you are a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. But this newness involves your choices. It doesn't just magically happen. Poof! You decide what kind of king you will be. Your God-given free will gives you the privilege of partnering with God as a new creation. He doesn't force you to change. You have to want to. And you have to choose to. Wanting is really a choice. So what is a high place today? Let's list some. Patterns that prevent being completely surrendered to God. Or how about this one? Habits that tear down your health and well-being. Or practices that don't please God and interfere with your freedom, yet are allowed to remain. Moving on, anything that's more important to you than Jesus. Another point, any desire or lust that consumes your heart. Another point, whatever you think about a lot may be a high place. And then another example, anything not yielded to God is a root allowed to remain in your life. But God's message 
is still the same as what he expected the four successful generations to do. And it was the one thing they failed to do. Tear down all the high places. It's time to define the three terms that we used earlier in this content under what does it say. Those terms, if you will remember, are focus, discipline, and resolve. Now, let's look at each of the definitions. Focus is a central point of attention to concentrate, to direct your effort. Discipline is training, drill, exercise, regimen that develops or improves skill. Bring into a state of obedience. And then resolve is definite, earnest decision. Make up your mind. Firmness of purpose or intent. Okay, so let's take those definitions and, indeed, let's make it personal. Are you tearing down your high places by directing your efforts, using all your attention and concentration? Are you focused? Next point. Are you drilling and exercising your freedom in Christ to develop and improve godly skills into obedience? Are you pulling out destructive roots? In other words, are you disciplined? And then the third point, have you firmly and earnestly decided your purpose is to put Christ first in your life? Are you resolved? It's time to make up your mind. Let God be your only remaining high place. And then the fourth section, make a commitment. First of all, are you a good king or a bad king? Number two, are you focused, disciplined, and resolved? Take a minute to identify how you apply these qualities in your daily life. Third, are you missing things, skipping over important details? Has God whispered directions to your heart and you've decided to do something else? Four, do you need to pull out any roots? Five, what kind of influence are you practicing over others? Six, what high places do you need to tear down? Have you surrendered your heart and every practice to God? Before we close today's content, I want to make an announcement. Some of you may already know Google has announced their podcast is going away the end of February. If you currently listen to us on Google Podcast, you have options. First of all, you can sign up with another main podcast app to continue receiving our content. Second, use the web player at the top of each article on our website to listen. And then third, sign up on our email list to receive notification when each week's article or episode is published. And now I invite you to follow us on your favorite social media do sign up on our email list to receive weekly articles. Plus, tune in to our weekly podcast using your preferred podcast app. Or you can use our online player at the top of each article. Visit our website for resources to get into God's Word and live an alive and active life. You've been listening to Brenda Wolf 
with alive and active life. Visit our website at www.aliveandactivelife.org, your web-based home for resources, including books and e-books, libraries of articles, podcasts, and more as you navigate life's challenges and issues. Sign up on our email list and subscribe to our podcast to stay current with the tools you need to be the person God designed, living an alive and active life.